This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Josh. Uh, only three players of my FPL team have played for through the first six matches of this game week. We're, like, we're, we're more than halfway through the game week, and only three of my players have played. What's going on? Yeah, it's kind of a weird one. I think when they met up the schedule, um, I think they took all of the quarterfinalists, you know, because they're trying to compress everything. I think all the quarterfinalists have these later uh, later in the game week matches, um, and those tend to be sort of the better teams. So this really feels like it's like the like we finished the appetizer course of game week 37 uh-huh. and um, the really big matches. Almost all the captains uh, are still to play tomorrow, but you're actually on vacation right now. And so uh, hence yeah. the funky uh, recording time, this like Monday in the middle of the game week. It's also yeah. we are six days away now from game week 38. Brandon. I know the season is almost over, but there there was really not not a good time for us to record this week because game week 37 is so drawn out and it's there's going to be just a very quick turnaround from 37 to 38 we want to give people a chance some time to listen to the podcast so we at least we at least push back to monday and i have been working on my free hit squad 
all morning and afternoon mm -hmm. in preparation for game week 38. So we can talk a little bit about that. I have some questions about um, good or bad investments that I might be making in my free hit squad for this this coming Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of an interesting, you know, I mean, that's it's really, I think this actually will end up being one of the shortest podcasts we've done this year because there's not much to talk about. It's game week 38 and you are making uh, one transfer, maybe two, or you're on a free hit. There's no long-term planning. I mean, everything is built around, you know, one fixture. You know, sure, maybe you want to wait until after Wednesday uh, to make any moves just to be safe, you know, make sure no one gets injured. Uh, but other than that, it's 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 pretty fixed. You know, it's who's going to do the best in the final matchup. So uh, we're going to keep things pretty tight on this week's podcast. Um, because we're recording this halfway through the game week, uh, we're not going to do the uh, the Super League. I'm not even sure we really need to check in on our teams. Um, I'll just note I had a, like, kind of a... Um, just annoying, like the injury bug kind of hit my team right at like the worst possible moment. Um, I, yeah. I had uh Holgate injured, LaSalle's injured, and then Aurier went back. To, he played the Newcastle match and then he went back to France um, and mm -hmm. kind of all indications, um, although Mourinho had left it open-ended, all indications were that he was not uh, going to be coming back. Um, so I was in a position where I was only going to, I thought I was only going to have two defenders, uh, playing this week. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I briefly considered just playing that way. Uh, and then I was like, no, I should do this. And then, but I also have Ben Foster at home to man city and they have just been so terrible that I was like, I could yeah. get a negative score if I had Ben Foster on my team. <laughs> yeah. So, um, right. yeah. And so I sort of kicked around some ideas. I considered, um, I considered dunk, I considered, um, I considered a second Wolves defender. I considered um, going with Burnley. Um, and ultimately, I decided just to be different and go with a Sheffield United defender. And um, basically, they had one good chance, and they Everton had one good chance, and they scored. Um, and maybe two, I guess. Calvert Lewin hit the post at one point as well. Um, so, yeah. And so, in the end, Aurea played and got a clean sheet. So, it was a um, like an eight point swing right there, uh, which is just kind of like it feels I, I don't really know what I could have done. You know, so I'm, I'm annoyed about it because it's, mm -hmm. it's an annoying situation. But I mean, you know, I talked on the last week's podcast about like I'm just trying to like be process focused and like fix your weakest link is like just the like fundamental rule of fantasy. So, I feel like I yeah. made the most sensible decision and it's just kind of annoying that it came back to, uh, to haunt me. So, you know, there we are. Yeah. I think you're on the right track there too. And a part of your process was to hang on to Kane through the right. tumult of this Spurs restart and you found him in a differential and given what happened to Danny Ings, who was my transfer, I brought Ings in for Giroux and, Ings went from mm -hmm. what could have been a glorious two goal, three bonus point match to a very bare bones four pointer, even getting outscored by yeah. Chris Wood, who was the other darling striker transfer target going into game week 37. So uh, I think your process on Kane proved that you you're, you're thinking in the in the right way, just had had some really bad luck during this restart. Also, yeah. respect to mad respect to Serge Aurier for playing through this horrible trauma that his family is going through. So um, I think that's yeah, just good to yeah, know. Yeah, of but, course, respect yeah, to like him. Like I said, I only have know. three players that have played so far. There's there's not much. Not much. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying like he should have stayed with his family or whatever, but <laughs> right, just, you know, right. yeah, it no, was just no. annoying. <laughs> At a selfish, purely fantasy level that he came back and, and played. Yeah. 
Yeah. On a happier note, it was great to see Matt Doherty coming through for a lot of managers who have been staying the course with him and and the Wolves defense. So, yeah, there's there's not much left to say about 37. Let's just roll on, Josh. Let's do it. And uh, one new patron. Thank you. Uh, We have a new. Excuse me. Uh, One more patron. Thank you. We've got a new Volkswagen patron. Uh, Thank you to Kim Eric Stokeland. Always nice to get a, a new patron right near the end of the season. And uh, Brandon, because he's on vacation this week, I will be doing the Kitchen Table podcast. I'll be recording uh, probably Wednesday night, um, possibly Thursday, um, if we're waiting for some late, late, you know, late breaking uh, press conference news. But uh, just a reminder that um, all of the matches take place this Sunday. God, I could even record on Friday. I don't know, Brandon. I'm going to record a, a podcast <laughs> for Patreon supporters at some point over the next seven yeah. days. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the, all the matches take place at the same time on Sunday, and. Uh, yeah, it's weird. This this has been it's been a pretty long season. Um, and even with the break, it felt like uh, um, we weren't we kind of didn't think we were done with this. I guess there was a moment there where I thought there was just no way um, that we were, <laughs> we were going to have it at all. We've been all over the place. Yeah, yeah, it's like the horror movie, right, where the villain is dispatched near the end, like he's he's dismembered. But you do know that the he's the villain is still going to jump up from its its prone position it's not quite dead yet so it was the the lockdown it was the horror movie moment of the premier league season and we knew that the villain wasn't dead yet so now we're still hacking hacking away at the at the villainous (laughs) body of the premier league let me let me put this another way brandon we recorded our price prediction podcast uh like the last week of june in 2019 so we have now spent 13 months (laughs) talking about the 2019 20 fantasy season that's a long time ourselves so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we left our exactly so it's game week 38 i'm excited about it it's going to be awesome i hope the rest of game week 37 goes well uh but i also think that um i think it'll be good i think a month a month of vacation and, and beach time and not spending my saturdays yelling at the tv it's going to be good for me <laughs> and uh my I, I said this on twitter earlier brandon but mffa is my motto for this for this year for 2020 and that's uh make fantasy football fun again um is that mffa yeah i guess there's three fantasy a's there football fun. um yeah. uh-huh. anyway brandon still working out the acronym uh but let's let's <laughs> let's make fantasy fun again uh in 2020 uh i'm gonna work on that and if people have advice you know um it's just a game that's not going to work for me. But if you have real advice for <laughs> maybe we need to do more of this, this match of the day stuff, you know, maybe more of these match of the day challenges. I don't know. That's going to be the goal though, Brandon, over the next six weeks is how to make <laughs> fantasy a, a, a fun, a pure game. You know, how do you do that, Brandon? That's, that's my question for you. I wouldn't rule out electroshock therapy, especially for you, Josh. I yeah. think. Uh, a lot of managers out there where case. it's it's easier said than done. And this is a point that we we come back to again and again, which it it seems so cynical, but it it's frankly the most true thing in being a dedicated fantasy manager is the only real fun thing in fantasy is scoring points. So I regret to inform you, Josh, the only way to make M to the only way to MFFA is for you to score more points next season. So let's make that happen. Let's <laughs> yeah. make that our goal. Yeah, I, I I have sort of, I've never been able to string together two really good seasons in a row. And so this season's a little bit of, I mean, I'm like around 100K. Like it's not a disaster. Uh, but yeah, you're you having know, a great, I, you're having a, a fine season. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, but I think, um, I don't know. Next week we'll do our kind of wrap up looking ahead. 
um, you know, um, kind of end of year pod. And so I think maybe on that pod, we'll talk about lessons learned, lessons for next season. And so let's, let's table this discussion because we've got one more game week to come. And I like, how do you feel about game week 38, by the way, just before we get into the, the discussion about the matches, like it's a game week 38 is like, as a, as a fantasy manager, it's like, it's like a, um, it's a real experience. It's it's like a, it's like a VR kind of thing, right? Where it's like you like strap in yeah. for two hours and you're just like <laughs> in it, you know, pure flow. <laughs> what is that's uh, a Ready Player One? It's like a Ready Player One situation. You get to inhabit the body of uh, Decore as he rampages through the Watford midfield. What a boring game that would be. <laughs> um, well. I I feel like I'm approaching game week 38 as just sort of a it's a going away party for an old friend that you're not really that close with anymore. So you know that feeling of like you're <laughs> going out Saturday Saturday evening to you, some somebody you've yeah. been friends with for like six or seven years and you've kind of, you, you're not that close with them anymore. They've taken a job that's all the way across across the country. You're never going to see them again. So you yeah. you, you yeah. show up to the party to say your piece, have a drink, and get out of there. And that's what Game Week uh-huh. 38 I think is to me. Right. Is this in reference to the friend that emailed both of you and me about having a Zoom uh, hanging out <laughs> yeah. later this week? That, yeah, that, that, that's funny. Yeah, Josh and I yeah. both got the email from that same friend. I, that may be that may be what the <laughs> seed that planted that idea. I think you're right. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll uh, talk about game week 38. Let's talk about strategy for for one transfer, two transfers, and free hit and lot more. You're actually on a free hit, so there's lots to talk about there. Take a break. Get right back. All right, Brennan, Game Week 38 is here. A lot of people uh, still have a free hit chip to play, and uh, a lot of people have um, – I guess some people might, might have a bench boost or a, um, a triple captain. Um, you know, I don't – you know, this, I guess we could maybe touch on those as well. But I think the the free hit is, is, a, is a useful thing to talk about because – when you talk about free hits, you're just talking about the best possible transfers you can make, right? So even if you only have one transfer, you have two transfers, talking about a free hit sort of opens you up to all the different possibilities. So I think it makes sense to kind of focus right. on that uh, for this game week or the, the focus the discussion on that. So I have a question here uh, that came from King Koopa. It came from our um, always cheating Patreon Slack. And it, it's it's a little long, but I think it sort of perfectly sets up game week 38. So uh, Brennan, can you uh, read off this question? Absolutely. Big thanks to King Koopa for this uh Long but perfect question. Koopa says, waiting for 38 plus for the free hit seems like a great plan. Now I feel completely lost. Who are the must-haves? Vardy, Ings, Alba, and Salah are in the hunt for the golden boots, so that would seem to make them appealing. Chelsea, Leicester, Manchester United, Spurs, Wolves, and maybe Sheffield United with European spots to play for but I'm not sure if it means they're all likely to play more conservatively, i.e. playing for draws or parking the bus after going up 1-0. Liverpool and Man City fixtures look great on paper, but they have nothing to play for other than Salah for the golden boot and KDB gunning for Henri's assist record. So can you bank on any of their other assets? What do we do? And yeah, this is like... All of the all of the problems with the free hit are articulated perfectly in that question. Yeah, it's like that's like twenty five minutes of podcast that just got compressed into one question. So, <laughs> I 
I think that game week 38, and there's actually a question here from Boston Prof too. He says, as a first year player, what is different about the last game week and what should we plan for, um, plan for our teams as a result? So I think these, these sort of tie in together, you know, game week 38 is different. It's very unique. And I, I don't know how different it will be in, um, in this kind of compressed season. Uh, if anything, I think it'll be even, even wackier because, uh, the stakes are, are always about the same. You always have uh, three or four teams with a Champions League spot. You have a couple of teams looking to avoid relegation. Um, and you typically, there's usually a Theo Walcott type player, some random, like talented, but inconsistent player like Dioka Jota. Yeah. Like, like if Dioka Jota got like 18 points away to Chelsea, like I'd be like, yep, that's, mm-hmm. that's game week 38, you know? So yep. yeah. How are you, you're, you're building your free hit team right now. Um, you know, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about, you know, who's in it. What's, what's the team look like right now? Well, the way I'm approaching it is I do feel like all these problems are plaguing Game Week 38, but we're focusing on all of the problems right now because there is special pressure on 38. It's the last game week of the season. You want to make it count. Those of us playing our free hit, we want to make it count even more. And it's not like we just have one transfer decision. We've got 15. So I think you then start to look past the basic necessities of fantasy. So imagine this same game week 38 block of fixtures happening in game week 23. You'd still have your same concerns over rotation and results, but you would just stick to the plan. You'd stick to the plan being City are playing Norwich. I have to get three City uh, players. Liverpool are playing Newcastle, who would also be on the beach. I have to get Liverpool players. Manchester United Mm -hmm. in great form. I have to get Manchester United players. So I think to simplify things for me, I'm just focusing on the good teams and the good players, especially ones with fixtures. The toughest nut for me to crack with my own free hit, though, is Manchester United, because that really, I think, is the the most exciting. Well, it's going to be tricky. It's it. It could come down to goal difference between Leicester and Manchester United for that fourth place spot. You'd think that how uh, it's it, well, it will depend on how well Manchester United does. Um, uh, who do they who do they play, Josh, later this week? Why am I forgetting? Uh, that? Man United, they play what they, uh, they play West Ham at home. Right, right. So um, a lot Wednesday. of this does come, yep. come come down to the West Ham fixture. But I do less. You think that's going to be a cagey match. Leicester want to win. But what do we actually know about Leicester? They've been so poor since the restart. Additionally, their defense has been poor. I mean, Harry Kane, old man, Harry Kane dropping deep to score a brace against them earlier in game week 37. So you would say Mm -hmm. Manchester United have it all to play for and everything to prove they should do well against Leicester. So I, I, I'm not seeing as many problems as I am seeing too many players that I want. The trick is how do I fit them right. all in? And with, with my current free hit, and talk me through this, Josh, I'm currently committed okay. mentally to doubling up with Mane and Salah in the midfield. And, hmm. you know, that that goes against what I'm saying of like play what you know. And what we do know about Liverpool is yeah. they've been struggling for some attacking form. So would you try what would you how would you play Liverpool on a free hit yourself? That's a good question. I mean, I don't know how excited I would be to have any of their players. Um, I mean, I would probably have Mane or Salah just as kind of like a uh, like a coverage pick. Um 
But I mean, they they have not looked. I mean, okay, yeah, they don't play until Wednesday, and you know, maybe they maybe they'll beat Chelsea six nil or something, you know. And this will all sound very foolish, but um, I mean, honestly, they they've really only played one. Did you say one good match um, in the last six? I mean, I'm looking. The the Man City match was was terrible. Uh, Aston Villa match two nil, but uh, they did not play well in that one. Brighton okay, mm-hmm. you know, Salah certainly played well in that. Uh, Burnley not great. Arsenal not great. Um, and then and then Chelsea. So, um, you know, include the Everton away match in 31. It just you know whatever kind of like rhythm and flow they had um, before the break, it it really is gone. And so. You know, it feels like they're still so talented that that from a fantasy perspective, they can still be explosive. But um, I mean, having just spent seven point five million to have Trent on a free hit uh, when he got me zero mm-hmm. points uh, in uh, in game week thirty six, I mean, I, I definitely am f- like it feels like that on the beach effect is is happening. So, I mean, in Newcastle, yeah, it's you know Newcastle's pretty devastated in the long, along the back line, but is. I don't know. I mean, just Liverpool going to Newcastle on the road and winning like six nil. I, I just don't see it. You know, I just don't. Yeah. It's just not something that I. I mean, neither team will have anything to play for. You know, so yeah. I think that could be. I, I think like Minamino could start that match. You know, you're you're talking me. You're you're taking me down a path that I need to walk down because I need more money. I have ac- I'm, I've actually started sacrificing Manchester United access. Uh, Manchester United assets to go in on Liverpool. And I just, that just doesn't feel quite right to me. So yeah, I think I yeah. need to dump Mane or Salah, if not both of them. I, I think Manchester United are still super appealing all the way from Rashford and Martial to Bruno. Manchester City, I think is the, is, I don't know, quite know, know how to frame it because they're not upside because so many of these players like KDB are really highly owned, but they yeah. have been on a really bad run. You know, they're knocked out of the FA Cup. Uh, and right. they do need to get congrats something to going. Amazing. Yeah, well yeah. well played. And and congrats to David Luiz for basically, you know, once again dodging the bullet, the headshot that was trying to end his professional career. And he's once again, he's back. Um, yeah, but I think, I think city just need to talk about that rhythm that Liverpool lost Manchester city still have their biggest goal yet to play for, which is the champions league, which will happen in August. Right. They need to have something going their way. I do think that we'll see some of our friends, uh, definitely KDB and David Silva, his last match at the head, Eddie had likely, um, to be mm-hmm. played here too. I just think there are the upside with man city here is they could score 10 goals against Norwich. I mean, Norwich, um, right. Norwich at 37, uh, again, home Burnley. Um, have you seen a team embarrass themselves in a way, even remotely close to that as Norwich did against Burnley? No, it was shocking. And, uh, it made me feel kind of silly for not bringing in a Burnley defender. Um, and the only reason I didn't, I didn't do it was just, was just, I wanted a, um, a, I want to be a little different, you know, um, I, mm-hmm. I thought that, but I also thought, I mean, you know, Pope made a great save. Um, Norwich actually looked like they were yeah. capable of scoring in that match until, yes. you know, the multiple red cards. And I got a little grief uh, for, for making fun of Ashley Westwood for his, you know, what I felt like was a bit of a, a dive. And I, I think, I don't, did you, have you seen a replay of this? Have you watched this at all? Oh yes, I have. Uh, I have my, my thoughts on that would be, he made a meal of it, but it was a deliberate 
uh, violent act by right. Buendia, and it's a red card offense. I take your point that there was totally. some gamesmanship happening there, but the issue, I think the issue that you're having is a VAR issue, and I agree that VAR has been a complete disaster for the Premier League this season, and not because it's sure. allowing red cards where there aren't red cards or allowing or not allowing goals where there are or aren't. It has been so inconsistent. And the entire goal of this VAR project was to bring some level of consistency into the game. And it has only just exploded that conversation. We were we're we're not supposed to be having these conversations yet. Here we are. And it's not that so I would posit that it's not that there's anything wrong with VAR. People's perception of how games can be officiated is wrong. There is no right or wrong answer. You just have to let referees have yes. control and accept the outcome no matter what. I really think that's true. And, you know, my, my feeling on VAR, having sort of thought it through a little bit, is um, it probably won't go away. And the reason it's not going to go away is because these teams, these 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 the actual teams like Manchester City as a as a, you know, corporate entity cost so much money that the Premier League now needs to have the aura of of um, exactness around it um, because like we're at the point where like teams are going to like threaten lawsuits, you know, if there's a bad call in the field. And so it's like it adds this like layer of legalese to the whole thing. And I think that's why they have VAR now because it's clearly not effective. I mean, VAR has, uh, has made – the Premier League, it's like a worse viewing experience. Um, like you said, it's completely inconsistent. Um, all we do now is talk about the rules. And there's this sort of false equivalent, like this false idea that we used to do that in the past. And we didn't. I never, I don't remember ever talking about the rules. And like, I feel like all I do now is talk about offsides, you know, and like marginal offsides calls <laughs> right. and things like that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that was yeah. never, I, for 10 years, I can't remember ever having a conversation about that. You know, so um Anyway, so now I'm now I'm like convinced it's not going to go away because they have to protect the like interests yeah. of the owners of these clubs. So that's a that's a grim thought. Let's get back to uh, fantasy yeah. for a second here. So Man City really tricky. It is, but I think my point is if I'm looking at all these fixtures, that's probably going to be the most dramatic fantasy scoreline, and that's what you know. Mm-hmm. All of the mystery surrounding the city team sheet aside, I feel like. You have to, have to, have to go all in on Manchester City for that reason. And I would consider yeah. captaining Jesus or KDB. We'll certainly, we'll certainly know a lot more about how we can try to predict the Man City lineup after the Watford fixture on Tuesday. But um, I yep. will absolutely have three City players. I think you're kind of talking me into the vicinity of possibly two, but not three Liverpool players um manchester united is a must then the more complicated Mm -hmm. team for your free hit is arsenal and i think arsenal is a big upside team especially with Aubameyang in in full flight against city in the fa cup he's very expensive but that is a captainable player right there if you're looking to chase in a mini league or gain in your overall rank and Aubameyang, I think, will be a very critical free hit player if if he comes off, if he scores a few against Watford. And, I mean, mm-hmm. to talk about Arsenal, we also need to talk about Nigel Pearson and, you know, the continued train wreck of managerial hirings and firings at Watford. Do, do they get some kind of dead cat bounce at Watford with this managerial 
transition? Or are they just right for the picking for a team like Arsenal, who is really going to have their blood pumping as they look ahead to that Wembley final? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think it's I, I, I'm, I, I would probably have no Arsenal players in my in my free hit team to be to be quite honest. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like it's like he's, I, I, I could see you know the appeal because it is Watford, but and, and maybe you know maybe you go with with Martinez. Um, but I think I. Personally, if I were free hitting, I would triple up on Burnley's defense. <laughs> uh, I would just like, and that would just, I would just, I would just wave away all of the other defensive defensive players I was considering. Yeah. Maybe I would have a Trent or a Robertson, uh, but I just think yeah. I would have Pope, I would have Tarkowski, and I'd have Peters. And they're playing Bright at home. Yeah. There's no way Brighton are going to score in that match. Well, let me let me take you through my back line because you're reading my mind here, Josh. And on a free hit, it is actually insane how cheap a defense you can put together. Nick Pope at 5.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's that's a big that's a big check that you have to write, comparatively speaking. But uh Burnley right. have two sub four five fullbacks. You mentioned Peters, who's four point three, Phil Bardley is four point four. They both looked decent attacking. Peters got his clean sheet and assist against Norwich. So I think Tarkovsky, fantastic pick, and it's not like he's a slouch on set pieces. There's a potential of attacking returns there. But right. Pope, Peters, and Bardsley is cheap, cheap, cheap free hit defense. Then you throw Diego Rico for Bournemouth. He's 4.2, probably your bench defender, but he will be playing. He actually looked decent. His His deliveries that he was putting in, against Southampton were were quite good, I thought. So a bench mm-hmm. player that he's there if you need you. And Jack Stevens at 4.4. Southampton have uh, a match against Sheffield United, probably not going to be very high scoring. So it's a good clean sheet shot uh, there yeah. if you don't just, just want to start a Liverpool defender and uh, two Burnley. Yeah, based on today's match, I, I really can't imagine Sheffield United ever scoring another goal in the Premier League. Um, yeah, this season or next. <laughs> right. um, so, <laughs> I think I think that'll make sense. And so then you would you would maybe have room for Aubameyang up front. Then, like, what what, what would you? Yeah, I mean, you can't have everybody. Can you can't have Jesus Jesus Kane no. Aubameyang? Can you do it all, Brandon? I I tried. So my my current tinker actually is the is the full on Liverpool tinker. So in the midfield, it's Mane, Salah, De Bruyne, David Silva, David Silva, and Saka, who is probably my bench Arsenal player. So it's a it's a hefty midfield, and it's assuming that David Silva is going to start in his last last match uh, in the Premier League. Um, I can right. I I think I can see keeping Bruno Fernandes in the midfield there at the expense of Mane or Salah, which would allow me to get Aubameyang in up front. Currently, my front lineup would be, this would be either a 4-4-2 or a 3-5-2, and it would be Jesus and Danny Ings up front, and Aaron Connolly would Mm -hmm. be my bench striker. And I think Aaron Connolly gets minutes. He has not been playing a lot since the restart but Connolly has been uh, a breakout player for Brighton this season Brighton are are mathematically safe this will be a bit of a walk for them game week 38 there's no reason why Connolly won't at least get 25 minutes at the end if he doesn't if he doesn't start but uh Danny Ings I think that's a tough one this is a tough matchup Sheffield United for Ings I think Sheffield United still have something to prove but it's that golden boot race theory that King Koopa touched upon, which still makes Ings compelling. 
and uh, but and Jesus, yeah. Jesus, I think is captainable here. I, I think so too. Um, I think you know, in some ways, I I mean, the the captain discussion, which I think we we can pivot to now a little bit too, um, is really interesting because I think that you could see, especially if the score is really crooked, you know, if they're up five nil at halftime or something like that. I mean, Jesus may, I mean, if it's 5 million, he's probably going to be involved in the goal. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but, you know, I mean, you could, or, you know, it could be that he was sort of marginally involved and then he gets pulled at 45 minutes. Um, I think that he's, there's, there's something a little nerve wracking about him. Um, I mean, I actually wonder if Aubameyang might be one of the safer picks. I know I was just sort of dismissing Arsenal a minute ago, but um, going for the golden uh-huh. boot, the I don't know. Let, let, let's do a quick update here, Brent. I know, I know. I'm just thinking it through. I, I, I'm not, I'm not in a free head, and there's really no way for me to bring in a Bamiyang. So I haven't really, um, I haven't really thought about it too much. Uh, but let me just uh, pull up the uh, Golden Boot uh, numbers here. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> right. So you have Jamie Barty on 23, Ings on 21, and Abba on 20. You've got Salah four back, probably a little too far back, I would think. I mean, I, I, I definitely I don't know. Yeah. Chelsea. I mean, it's yeah, you wouldn't think he'd he'd, he'd uh, scored too many in that one. Um, and then that's really it. Below that, you've got Jimenez, Kane, Mane. No one's really got a chance, uh, you know, in that group. So you have Vardy at home to Man United, and uh, it's possible he doesn't score any in that one, right? Because that's just that's just mm-hmm. a very tricky fixture. Um, Ings, you know, two back, but Sheffield United, I mean, they're, 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 they're not going to like, just let him walk in any goals, you know? Um, no. and so then you have Aubameyang who has to be thinking to himself with Villa and Watford that he's, I mean, honestly, if he scores like two goals away to Villa this game week, I think you have to really strongly consider bringing him in and possibly captaining him for game week 38, because, um, if he's like a goal back in the golden boot race, he is going to try to score like five goals in that match. Okay, Josh. Yeah. So I just t- I am totally dis- turned around here, Brandon. I'm complete. <laughs> it's a whiplash. No, I know. I, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking this through. I'm out. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm feeding. I'm feeding off of it right now. And you've got me really excited about just ditching Liverpool and going in on Arsenal. Uh, oh, I mean, just going in on Aubameyang. I think. I think it's Aubameyang. I think it's staying the course with Manchester United attackers. And you're talking me out of Jesus. And my issue with Manchester City all season has been that, yeah, they score a ton of goals. But these points, they, the, the fantasy points get spread around so much. I just want right. to zero in on the most consistent uh, players for City. So it's KDB and... I, mean, I I don't know what you make of this. I want to hear what you had to say about the David Silva bandwagon because it does strike yeah. me as I mean there's there's obvious logic to it, but it also strikes me as that false fantasy narrative of oh well you know he's absolutely gonna go off in 38 because it's the narrative is there we have seen it. But what we know of David Silva this season is it, it just comes in spurts. Yeah, that's it. Luke said, is everyone getting a little too hop, hung up on the fact that it's uh, David Silva's line? I'd never use Dilva. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry to Luke and to, and to our friend Tom Cantil. Uh says, should we all be looking at their other mid-price assets like Mara's instead? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I see what you're saying and what Luke is saying. But, I mean, it is his last game. And he is in pretty good form, right? I mean, he looked, looked great a week ago and, um, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting. I I doubt he plays, uh, on Wednesday. Um, right. Having, having just played 
whatever it was, 65 minutes yeah. or something like that in the FA Cup as well. So fully rested at home against a terrible team, <laughs> like even, who will be even more terrible because two of their players are, are on red card suspension. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, I mean, it's going to be a walk in the park for them. I mean, you know, even if, even if, I don't even know what Norwich would do. I mean, it's not like they could just like put the bus because, you know, <laughs> no. like, what are they going to There's like, no bus. Unless they literally just line up, like they just line up yeah. like all 11 in front of the goal and just, yeah. you know, um, but like, why would they do something that pathetic? They're already relegated. So, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, so I, I actually think that Silva, on a free hit, I would, I would really very strongly consider Silva, um, especially at his price. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying about the about the crowded. I mean, in some ways, Jesus just makes sense because it's hard to have three in the midfield uh, for Man City, yeah. you know. And so he's sort of, but like, it, but yeah, is he a coverage pick? I mean, if you ask me, I know this is a crazy thing to say because we're playing Norwich at home, but if you ask me straight up, who would I rather have in a free hit for 38, Aubameyang or Jesus? I would actually pick Aubameyang. That does make sense. It does make sense. Yeah. There are a lot. There are lots yeah. of expensive players to have on the free hit, and I think that that's what makes it tough. But yeah, I think that's right. Jeff Petter actually asked the question: Who is your random upside? Uh, thanks, Jeff, for using the upside word and to to late riser there. Pick mm-hmm. who is your upside pick for <laughs> yeah. game week thirty eight to score big? And yeah, I think we're I think we are zeroing in on a Balmyang. Let's see. All right, let's let's do a quiz, Josh. And what is okay. the uh, what's the overall ownership for Pierre Emerick Aubameyang uh, right now? Do you can you take a guess? Um, yeah, I overall um, I'll guess eighteen point nine percent. You're a little low. It's twenty two point one. So you know you, to put that into context. Okay. Yeah. Dan, Danny Ings is around thirty percent. Within three points, it's pretty good. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. If this okay. were Price yeah. is Right, you were close without going <laughs> over, and you get to pull a hundred dollar bill out of my pants pocket. So good for you. Okay. So as far as an, a random upside pick, a Theo Walcott type, I know he he just scored four, and so he's kind of um, he's not he's certainly not off the radar. But um, I don't know. I think Antonio at home to Aston Villa. I, I have not seen him in a ton of free hit teams so far. Um, mm-hmm. He's a little bit, a little bit different. I, I think the yeah. problem is um, it's it's such a crowded midfield. You know, as you were just saying, there's just there's just so many options. Yeah, so he's take, maybe we need to look at David, the forwards. That's, oh, sorry. That's the thing with David Silva is David Silva is taking the Antonio spot there. So I think that is a that yeah. is a fine margin edge pick edge pick i'm making that up on the fly let's make it let's make it a thing josh the edge pick is do you go for david silva or Michael antonio for game week 38 maybe you go for both and you eschew the you know the luxury picks like we were talking about with sala and mane maybe even de bruyne though going without de bruyne is the farthest thing from my mind right now it is tricky and what do you do with with man united i mean they're playing a Leicester team, just as a reminder, who don't have either of their starting fullbacks or their starting their best starting center back. So it is it is literally Johnny Evans and a bunch of randos. And as you saw with Kane, I mean, oh, Kane was so good yesterday. Uh, as you saw with uh, with Kane, um, I mean that that Spurs back or that that Leicester back line is um, is you know just waiting there uh, to get carved up. Yeah. By um, yep. Man but I don't, I don't. How are you going to be able to fit more than like one Man player into your team? I don't know how. I don't know how you're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, right. It's right for <laughs> you. Free hit all your Manchester United players out, and then they all score a hatful. Um, 
I because I totally agree. Lester, Lester flatter to well, Lester deceive. You know, they've just been terrible. They've been absolutely terrible the last month. Yeah. There's no reason why. I mean, we can we can laugh at Manchester United's defense all we want, but their attack is just it's amazing right now. Uh, and it's really working. So yep. I, I think that that that's tricky. How do you and I, I guess what we're settling on here is the way you do you load up on City and United is you just have to be okay with going without Liverpool. The grand parable that you the the grand yeah. Ford versus Ferrari parable that you talk about, Josh, you have to be willing to let your free hit car explode on you. You have to be willing to go without Liverpool and see what happens. I think that's true. Um, and it's sort of, you know, I feel like in, in the particular spot that you're in right now, I mean, I was, I was talking to someone about this earlier and they were like, well, because um, I, was, I, I was on Twitter and I was talking about my make fantasy fun again, um, you know, my uh, MAFA hats that I'm going to create. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so, so <laughs> we're definitely was, putting uh, that in the always cheating the, shop. That is happening. <laughs> and someone was um uh saying oh you know but the problem is uh you know your overall rank is is always there um you know reminding you but for me overall rank to me is something that i only care about if my overall rank is in the top 10k and to me if i finish 97,000 overall or 297 overall i mean okay i don't want to finish like 1.3 million or whatever but like you know if i'm like in the top 300,000 what's the difference? You know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, I don't know, like to me, I wouldn't see somebody who finished 118th over thousandth overall. It, it, yeah. It's just at some point you're like, well, you didn't do that well, you know, but you did fine, you know, but you like, you know, it's like, it doesn't, it feels like very fine margins at that point. Um, you know, yeah. you, top 10 K you're like, okay, you must've made a lot of good decisions. Like things really worked out, you know, whatever. Um, you know, you played your chips, right. Um, but anything beyond that, it's like, who cares? And so I feel like, as far as I'm concerned, if I were free hitting in game week 38, I would I would be totally shooting the moon. I'd be trying to go for low ownership players. I would captain somebody who is low ownership, and I would just kind of hope that everything broke my way, um, and that I might see some crazy like 100k rank jump just because I like got everything right. Let me tell you a story, or I'm going to make up a story here, Josh. So in the future, you okay. meet somebody at a party and you hit it off because you both play fantasy Premier League, and somebody says, "Well, what was yep. your finish last season?" And you're like, I don't know, top 100K. I don't really remember the decisions I made and how to get there. And I was just like playing with my friends and all that. The person you're talking Mm -hmm. to is going to be like, well, all right, you're not very, very interesting to talk about fantasy with because you, you know, you weren't really actively (laughs) involved in this story. But if you're in that same conversation, you're like, well, actually, last season I finished in, you know, the top 400K. And here's why. I made these decisions. It went wrong for these reasons. I made these decisions that kind of went right, but marginally, I just couldn't get to where I, my target was. That's an interesting conversation. And that's a conversation which that bad fellow fantasy manager yeah. is going to respect you for that. So I agree. The difference between 100, top 100K and top 400K is how do you tell your story and, and how did you get there? It is true. It's you like know, Hamilton, I did that meet Josh. the manager thing with it is it is like Hamilton. I did that meet the manager thing with Joe from Fantasy Football Scout uh a couple of, I guess it was last fall. And um, 
Yeah, I've had like, you know, three great finishes. And the only thing we've talked about in there was like my one really bad season. It was like, it was like a 40 minute conversation, like 25 minutes of it were just on that one bad season. It it is interesting. A a spectacular failure is so much more interesting (laughs) and entertaining than a, than a like B plus kind of season. You know, it really is. All right. What, what else do we need to tackle with, with free hits? Yeah, I I think we've pretty much covered it. I mean, I, you know, so I listed Antonio as an upside pick, um, you know, I think defensive defensively, I think um, one way to do upside would be to be really bold and try to like triple up on a particular team. Um, I think that's one way to do it. I think um, upside picks in terms of individual defenders, it's just a little too fluky, um, especially mm-hmm. in gaming 38 when you might see some, like when teams just may not be playing that hard. Um, you know, whereas Burn- Burnley kind of have a system, like they, they, they couldn't not defend well if they tried, you know, yeah. um, outside of that crazy Man City game to, you know, for the run and restart. So, you know, who are some other, are we missing any upside picks? Are we missing any, any one or two other players who are just a little different, who no one's really talking about right now? Yeah, I think Richarlison is there for me. Everton had have, have had so many problems since the restart. They've struggled to score, but only one person has been able yeah. to do the business for them. And it's Richarlison. I think you tweeted today, Josh, that, uh, is there a more dramatic player in the Premier League than Richarlison? Did I get that right? Yeah. However you feel about Richarlison aside, nobody owns this guy, particularly yeah. in like the top 500K, and they're going up against a relegated Bournemouth who have no defenders. Yeah, I ultimately deleted the tweet because it was it was too mean. The, the, like the at replies were like piling on too much. And I was like, well, I didn't mean to like hate on the guy too much. It's just like he, he, did, he makes a meal of every foul, you know, and sometimes that can be a little – a little annoying. He Ashley Westwoods it, you know, and sometimes that's not, uh, you know, <laughs> what I want to see. There's one yeah. fixture we still need to talk about, Josh, I think, which would be something we need to cover for those who are not free hitting people who are still loaded up on Chelsea and Wolves assets. And we haven't talked about this fixture at yeah. all yet. And I think this is the hardest one to call. I mean, you talk about the race for the top four, yeah. and we've agreed that Manchester United probably have one over on Leicester, but I don't think, I think it's much harder to predict how that Chelsea Wolves match is going to go. And I guess this, we would yeah. qualify this as an always cheating hold here, where if you have Jimenez, if you have Pulisic, if you have Doherty, Doherty, the, the odds of either team keeping a clean sheet here feel slim to me so how do you call this yeah one? i don't i don't hate it as a jimenez owner even though i am planning to um i'm most likely going to move jimenez to jesus i have enough money to do that in my bank um and if i had more i would go to Aubameyang, but i'm not i don't think i'm gonna burn four to do it i think jesus is a good enough pick that i'm just gonna bring him in instead um but yeah i think i actually don't hate jimenez for this match though i mean i think he'll have opportunities in the break and he's a really good player in the break especially with with Traore, um, you know, like when they sort of play, I mean, like just think of the, um, the Man City Wolves match, uh, from like a year ago, uh, when, uh, when he, um, when he did, you know, when he scored, actually he had had two assists in that match, uh, Traore incredibly scored both those goals. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I actually think that, but, but, you know, is it a high scoring game? Probably not. I mean, this, that feels like a one, one match to me. I agree. All right, Brendan, I think that uh, covers Game Week 30. I feel like we've looked at that uh, from every angle. Um, and so, uh, although you, I'm sure you will be tinkering, you know, endlessly, uh, you know, through through to the uh, Sunday matches. Uh, for me, it's a little easier. Uh, one transfer, two million, um, probably going to take out Jimenez. Uh, but, 
you know, we'll be around all week to talk about this um, on, on the Slack and on Twitter and elsewhere. So uh, lots more to think about. You know, a lot of big matches to come as well. So let's take a quick break and we'll get back and uh, we'll finish off this week's podcast. Hey guys, support for the Always Cheating Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Listen, it is summertime. It is hot out there. And some of you out there, like me, are getting sweaty in uncomfortable places. I'm on vacation right now. My wife and I, we went swimming this afternoon. I'm looking at my exposed body hair and my swimming suit, and I'm thinking, man, I could actually look good and feel good if I cleaned this up a bit. But I'm often terrified of taking a blade anywhere near certain areas of my body, if you know what I mean. And that is exactly why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Some of you have more of a putting green as opposed to a lawn. I don't know. That's a personal thing for you. Here are the tech specs. Let's look at this Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer, it features cutting edge ceramic blades. It's not like metal that's going to tear into you. This is a ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped advanced skin safe technology. Josh, do you feel uh, do you feel safe now, knowing that it is a ceramic blade now? Yeah, I was I was waiting to, for you to get there. I was waiting to see if that was what you were going to say, and I'm, I'm I'm feeling more relieved now. So yeah, thank you for <laughs> for, for clarifying. Outstanding. Okay, when I tell you that this this trimmer is premium, I do mean premium. The the battery itself will last up to ninety minutes. So just take as long as you want, mm-hmm. and you can take as long as you want in the shower because the lawnmower 3.0 is water resistant. You can just do your thing in the shower, and and that's an easy way to just clean up and not get little hairs everywhere. Yeah, that sounds kind of that's how, that's how I would do it. You're like Kramer when he installs the uh, the garbage disposal <laughs> in his shower. <laughs> uh, another another cool feature is the LED light, which illuminates while you're uh, grooming. So, you know, if you've got the, the dark corners between your legs, um, you can see what you're doing. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with uh, quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget the charging stand if you want to display your magnificent lawnmower 3.0. Or also just make sure it's always charged for that 90-minute trim job. So, listen. You got to trim yourself so you don't get stinky and smelly. And also you just look good. You feel good. I mean, to be honest, look however you want. We're all about, you know, personal wellness and well-being and mental well-being. But this is a great way to beat that summer sweat. And if you want to try the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 and get 20% off plus free shipping, use the code Cheating. This is a great deal just for our always cheating listeners. Go to manscaped.com. Use that code cheating. Hey, listen, grooming down there is something you've probably never considered, but we're all stuck at home during this hot summer, during this lockdown. It's the perfect time to experiment with this. So again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code cheating at manscaped.com. Use that code. It helps us at always cheating and it helps you get a deal. 20% off free shipping manscaped.com cheating. 
All right, that's your pod for this week. We'll be back on Sunday with a recap, a lessons learned podcast, a looking ahead to next year podcast. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll be back later this week uh, doing a, a kitchen table podcast for our, our Patreon supporters as well. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be around. We'll be around this summer. Uh, I, you know, I think we may end up taking a couple of weeks off after uh, after the season ends. I suspect that's what we're going to end up doing. Um, and then, you know, the game will probably, I mean, I think it's mid, mid, the middle of September is when the next season kicks off. Uh, and so we'll certainly be, um, you know, up and running probably a month, uh, before that season starts off. So, um, but yeah, probably take two weeks off and then, and then be back in mid August, um, after Mm -hmm. this, um, this, uh, year in review pod that we do on Sunday. So, um, Brandon, do you want to thank our Patreon producer patrons? Yeah, I'd love to. A big thanks to our producers, uh, huge contributors to making this podcast possible every week. And that's Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, Big Gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Kean Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forberg Skoging, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Peter Bodechtel, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, FPLmerch.com, James Conroy, Brandon Dees, Paul Scanlon, Kieran Screeton, and James Hurd. Listen, we talk a lot about Patreon on this podcast when we're not talking about male grooming. If none of this is really your bag and you just want to say thanks for what Josh and I do every week, go and subscribe to Always Cheating and give us a rating, rate, review, subscribe. We're available wherever podcasts are. Give us a follow on social media, Twitter at Hell Cheaters, Instagram at Hell Cheaters, Facebook.com. So always cheating, all that good stuff. All this and more, including our online shop, is available at alwayscheating.com. That's right. And those uh, Make Fantasy Football Great Again hats will be coming very soon. Maybe that's actually, Brendan, that could be our first scarf. What do you think about an MFFA uh, scarf? You yeah. know, you can hang it yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I, yeah. I have my arms up right now. Like, I'm just like, proudly. Um, now we're not going to see use, it, you know, with the red. Yeah, we'll pick our own color. But uh, all right. So that's the podcast. I mean, maybe we have to. I don't know. We'll talk about that more. We'll workshop it, Brandon. Uh, we'll get back. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening. We'll be back on Sunday. Good luck in Game Week 38 to everybody. Talk to you soon. All right. Poku forever. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.